Welcome to 7-Minute Explainers, your audio guide to everything you need to know about compelling and complex topics. I'm Lauren Hansen, an editor at The Week, and today I'd like to shed some light on the growing nuclear threat from North Korea. Let's start with the backstory. It was at the end of the Korean War that the tyrannical Kim dynasty first started its pursuit of nuclear weapons. Kim Jong-il made the nuclear program the centerpiece of his regime's identity. He used it to rally his starving, isolated country around a nationalistic goal. He also used it to extort aid from worried Western nations. Over the past two decades, the Clinton, Bush, and Obama administrations all brokered pacts that required Pyongyang to give up various nuclear programs in return for aid or sanctions relief. But North Korea cheated on every deal. First, it violated the 1994 agreement freezing its development of nuclear reactors. Then, in 2003, Pyongyang announced it had nuclear weapons. After talks with U.S. leaders in neighboring countries, North Korea agreed to shut down its program in return for aid, but it reneged once again. Then, in 2011, Kim Jong-il died. For a regime obsessed with notions of heredity and succession, these images were laden with symbolism. The dear leader, Kim Jong-il, laid out as his father the great leader, Kim Il-sung, had been. And looking on, seemingly leading the mourners, his son, Kim Jong-un, now anointed the great successor. Once Kim Jong-un came to power, the pace of tests and bomb building accelerated dramatically. The new, young leader has been busy threatening his neighbors and the U.S. with nuclear destruction. Over the past 16 months, his regime has tested two nuclear bombs and more than 30 missiles. North Korea claims the most recent bomb test involved hydrogen devices, which are much more powerful than simple fission weapons. There's no way to know if this claim is true, but the explosions were nearly twice as strong as the one that destroyed Hiroshima. Experts now estimate that North Korea has built up 20 nuclear bombs. Meanwhile, Kim's regime has openly boasted that it's preparing to attack other nations. Its targets include ports and airfields in South Korea and U.S. bases in Japan. While this is all exceedingly troubling, experts feel certain that Kim wouldn't dare risk a preemptive nuclear strike. Kim's primary goal here is regime survival, not suicide, and he knows any nuclear attack would result in his complete and utter destruction. So the real value of his nuclear program is a form of blackmail to prevent an attack on Pyongyang. Right now, North Korea is still missing two important things, a reliable intercontinental ballistic missile and a nuclear device small enough to mount on one. And while that's a little bit comforting, it does appear that the country is working diligently to achieve both those goals. Ultimately, analysts classify this kind of behavior as North Korea's old bag of tricks, act belligerently to pressure us into negotiations, After all, that's all it really wants, is for us to stop threatening them and to start talking with them. But this, the Trump administration has ruled out. 
The new administration feels that it is up to China, North Korea's primary trade partner, to rein in the rogue state. North Korea! North Korea. I'll tell you what, what's happening there is disgraceful. Now, if this isn't all show, the U.S. does have a defense against Kim's nuclear arms race. It's called THAAD, and it's a missile defense system that's due to be deployed in South Korea this year. But it's run into some political complications. South Korean President Park Geun-hye, who clinched the deal, was removed from office this month for corruption, and her likely successor, Moon Jae-in, wants to delay deployment to ease tensions with Kim. China isn't a fan of THAAD either. It says the array could be used against its own missiles, which would undermine the principle of mutually assured destruction. And we really don't want to anger China, since it's the only country with significant influence over North Korea. So what other options are there? Well, the U.S. and South Korea do frequently war game a strike on North Korea. Newly installed Secretary of State Rex Tillerson took a notably aggressive stance. Efforts toward North Korea to achieve peaceful stability over the last two decades have failed to make us safer. Let me be very clear. The policy of strategic patience has ended. All options are on the table. Tillerson also said that if Kim keeps ratcheting up his threats, military action would be an option. But the risks are high. North Korea's full military capabilities can't simply be bombed away. Western intelligence doesn't know where most of the regime's weapon systems are concealed, and some are hidden underground or inside mountains. Even if a preemptive strike somehow took out all the nukes, it could not immediately destroy the thousands of artillery units. North Korea could still retaliate by firing tons of shells and chemical weapons into the center of Seoul, killing hundreds of thousands of people. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And as a thank you for listening to this episode, we at The Week would like to offer you four totally free, non-commitment issues of The Week magazine. To get those, visit theweek.com slash for free. I'm Lauren Hansen, and thanks so much for listening. Listening.